Oh yeah, we're going to start this off the right way. Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome back to the Fat Muscle Project podcast. I'm John Gorman, again, your co-host because we have a guest host again today, Lisa Franz. Lisa, what's going on? How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, you did such an outstanding job um, guest hosting that last one. I said, hey, you want to come back and do another one? Because there's a ton of topics that are just out there that we can all cover, whether it's on your podcast, whether it's on this one. Um, I really enjoyed that last podcast. So we've got a really fun one today. But before we get to all things hunger, because we're going to really do a deep dive on hunger, some hacks to help offset it and how to understand why you're hungry. Let's talk about what's new with us the last couple of weeks. So when we recorded last time, you're in Columbia. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now you are where? I'm in Toronto in Canada. I've been here now for, yeah, about 10 days. And it's, I'm not going to lie, it's a big change, <laughs> even just from the temperature perspective um, and culturally as well. Um, although I will say it's always a little bit of a reverse culture shock when I come from a, a warmer place or a more... Yeah, I guess like a Latin place or somewhere um, in Bali or so to a more um, stricter culture again. <laughs> so I'm a kind of experienced when it comes to um, to that. But then it always still gets me in for like a week or two until I adjust. Yeah. And so what what's the temperature there now? It's like 65. I'm in Missouri, central of the United States. You're up just north of Niagara Falls. North, Toronto mm-hmm. is just north of that. So what was the temperature? Yeah, unfortunately, for the last 10 days, it hasn't gone into the 50s. It's It hasn't been freezing either, but constantly being in the 40s. And worse than that, just like the, the gray and the rain and the snow, that's a little bit more annoying because, of course, um, as a somewhat tourist, I like to go and explore. And it really limits my time that I can spend outside. So I've been trying to make do with like museums and that sort of stuff. <laughs> I, I love it. I had messaged you that I've went to Niagara Falls, the U.S. side, and we went in August, Leslie and I did back in the day. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was awesome, but it was warm. So, like, you could go to the falls and all the water is hitting you. It was fine. But, yeah, it's kind of miserable there. But the cool thing is you've got your laptop in hand. You are working nonstop, yeah. diet coach, <laughs> podcaster, traveler. You've got a cool meetup with your team, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, coming up in Calgary. So one of the ladies, Laura, who works for me, shout out to Coach Laura. Um, she lives in Calgary and she's been so kind to offer to host us. So the other two girls, um, Tammy and Allison, are flying in from California. And it's going to be the very first time we meet in person, even though we've um, been working together in some way, shape or form for three years or so. That. I love that. Uh, Any kind of team meeting that you can have and meet up, that's always fun. I'm going to officially invite all of you, your whole team in January to the Fat Muscle Project Academy. And that's a huge seminar weekend. It's a blast. So I'm excited. Yeah. You mentioned uh, last time we spoke also that you have um, that that was coming up and just uh, generally that you have some other projects on, on on the go or on the rise. And I'm excited to hear more about it. Yeah, more seminars. We we do a lot of those and they're just a blast. So um, I'm going to keep my last two weeks short. I've had clients just killing it. Um, I saw that on your Instagram. Yes. Yeah. This weekend, I, are, uh, I had uh, multiple clients doing shows all over. They ended up total with six pers- first place finishes and overall and five second place finishes. Um, bikini. Yeah. Bikini figure. It was really fun. And then my client earlier in this year who lives right by Niagara Falls in Buffalo, 
she won her class in an overall too. So uh, clients have not placed lower than second with, with a few overalls here and with just a handful of people competing. So I'm pretty, pretty proud of my athletes. These three this weekend, it was their first show ever. Wow. And matter of fact, I think all of my clients this year, it's been their first shows ever. I'm pretty sure I can't remember if Hazel's not a show, but yeah, just, just crazy. Um, and they're all right there within reach of a pro card too, in the natural wow. orgs. So they got it, got more that are still pushing. So just, it's just been good. We've had record months with the supplement company and got oh. new stuff coming out. We've got pre-sale and shirts. So just loving it, you know, loving it. We're ready to get back to more podcasts. Kind of took a little break last month. Um, and then our sister podcast, Elite Physique University with myself, Kayla and Jason, we're about to start recording again. We've all just been busy, but you know how it is. Like we all need that those breaks, right? You you deload Sometimes. in training, you need to deload with work too. So absolutely. But yeah, I'm I'm sure that your the girls or the um competitors that you've had uh, this weekend, they would know all about our topic today, hunger. Yes. <laughs> so particularly toward towards the last few weeks of um such a diet in most instances, hunger is certainly through the roof um but yeah i don't know if you had any of them complaining but i mean uh i'm sure or i hope that they were anticipating the hunger because i think that is actually one part um anticipating the hunger makes it almost more bearable and easier because you know like it, and i think we touched on this briefly even last time we spoke that it's actually a sign that it's working what you want what you want to work right like if you know okay i'm hungry my body is sending me signals to eat that means it really is burning more calories than what i'm feeding it so we should as a first instinct see that as yay success and not oh i need to go and find some food or something like that yeah it's it's one of those things to where I, I tell clients all the time um, and, you know, we'll talk about the mental component of this too here in a minute, but I tell clients all the time, if you're hungry, that's a good sign. You, you're not start. you know, a colleague of mine, Cliff Wilson, one of the best coaches in the world, right? He does a presentation on this and he puts it this way. He goes, if you, if you're hungry, you know, you're burning fat, you know, you're in a deficit. This is a good thing. It means that you're getting leaner. We're going to talk about the hormones that actually help with that. But he says, listen, you have to mentally look at it this way. You're not starving. You're going to eat your perfectly prepackaged meal that you made at home in the next couple hours, more than likely two or three hours. He goes, there are real people out there that have hunger and they have no idea when their next meal is going to come. Like this is a a choice. And it's also a part of the process of dieting. Hunger and dieting are brother and sister. You, you, it, they just go hand in hand, it's peanut butter and jelly. You can't have one without the other. You just can't. Um, and if, and if you don't, something's not right. Um, and there, there are those instances, but then the mental component comes in too. So you had mentioned anticipating hunger. And I, I like that people need to accept the hunger. That's the thing, because the more you focus on how hungry you are, the worse that hunger gets, because then now you're fixated on it. And all you can think about is, okay, what's, when's my next meal? What time can I eat? You know, what's, and the next thing you know, is you're all out of food. You're still going to be hungry at the end of the night. You're still going to wake up in the middle of the night hungry. And we're talking about the extreme hunger. So I think going in, just knowing that you're going to be hungry and accepting it is a huge, is a huge bonus, right? 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I think you also um, touched on something good here, which which could which is actually probably the first quote unquote hack when it comes to keeping hunger in check. And I um, I would say that that is being somewhat busy slash distracted. So, um, of course, if like, for instance, during COVID and a lockdown and you're just in your apartment, you had the positive um, side going for you that all your meals could have been homemade or prepared by yourself instead of, or as opposed to having the social distractions. But on the other side, you're constantly at home, you're constantly in front of the fridge. So a lot of people just went to the fridge way too many times on the, uh, if, if in contrast, you're able to, you know, have your regular work day and maybe after that you schedule a walk with a friend and maybe after that before that you went to the gym and maybe after that you you know you, you're going from thing to thing to thing to thing it's a lot less thinking about food and having that exposure to food probably if you're someone who works in with food or hospitality and so on it's it's, it's most likely always a little bit more challenging or if you have to handle food more often throughout the day perhaps with because of your kids or so might be more challenging too but from my experience and those of our clients um just generally speaking the less you can expose yourself to food the the better probably and that actually often includes also like auditing your social media and and seeing okay where am i actually just following like um food focused uh, accounts or maybe even food yeah porn accounts or whatever <laughs> that, that that make you want to eat more and more and more and more um that can be it can just be that extra little trigger that we don't necessarily need in my opinion in in a in a dieting phase i agree 100 percent. the the busier that you can stay and i remember so i haven't dieted for a show since 2010 and and hunger is a large part of it um Besides the fact I get really cranky, you know, hangry, um, it just, it impacts my work and all those different things. So I haven't dieted to those hunger levels. I got there in 2014 actually, but long story short, staying busy is hugely important and purposefully not, not doing dumb stuff to stay busy, but productive stuff. So with me, you know, when someone's in a diet phase, a lot of people crave the dieting phase because they're very structured, right? They they have their meals planned and they have their workout plan and they get their cardio in and they're doing everything on a structure. And that feels good because that's, that's a success thing, right? Like you're, you're knocking things out. You're making these little wins each day. So roll your other stuff into that mindset, right? So like your work, like I've got everything right here in my to-do list right here every single day. I check everything off the list. I, when I'm dieting, I'm actually better with my job because I stay so focused and I stay sidetracked from thinking about food. So you're right. I'll throw another hack out there because I'm actually just looked at my drink right now. So I've cut my caffeine way back, but carbonated drinks like diet sodas and things like that. I, I try and tell people do the ones that have no caffeine in them because the last thing you want to do is start stacking a bunch of caffeine on top of a normal caffeine intake. So there are diet sodas out there that are caffeine free. There's nothing wrong with having a diet soda and the carbonation actually helps you feel full. So what, if, if you're going to eat every three hours, for example, what I would do is stay busy or I would do something with my kids and I would take one of these with me. And when I did start to get pretty hungry, 
to the point where I was, I couldn't shut it off. Like quit thinking about it. I'd pop one of these and I drink it slowly for about 20 minutes and that helps, right? It's giving you something to do. People do use chewing gum, for example, but I like these. Um, that's a nice little hunger, uh, hack. Is that, is that something that you like to do? Absolutely. I was going to um, mention the gum actually myself or um, uh, also, I mean, I I can't handle caffeine at all, really. So I do a lot of decaf and uh, mostly um, decaf coffee. I think like a, a nice Americano or, and even yes. just like tiny splash of, of, of milk if you really need it or almond milk or whatever. Um, but that that can often buy you another hour or, or two until your hunger comes back in. Um, the thing with the gum, huge, I love gum. Um, I will caution people sometimes in a yeah. in a dieting case because it can take on extremes. I mean, like with anything, um, but you get to a point where you're just that hungry. And so when people start chewing one or two packets of gum per day, that's not great for your gut anymore. And then we're we're starting to run into some issues in terms of, bloating and indigestion and and that's really not what we want at at that stage i mean especially for high competitors physique competitors or so that we we need to keep your digestion as optimal as possible and um yeah really adding that extra bloating with a pack of gum or two not ideal um so try to try to limit it and of course the same with the diet sodas not i, I also would stay away from you know uh, chuck, chucking a, a gallon or two of those but certainly yeah. like two, two three cans per day absolutely fine if you're especially if you tolerate sweeteners just fine yeah that's that's uh you're right bodybuilding as we know it people take things to the extreme and the hungrier you are people tend to take things to the extreme um I have a story. Sorry, sorry, you go on. Oh, I was just going to say, I have a real quick story. You've mentioned a couple packs of gum. And I remember having this girl, it was like 2011. And she was chewing two packs of gum a day and she wasn't counting it. And, you know, I was still a little newer then, you know, I'd have full client base, but you know, you get older, you've been through this stuff so much. You already know to warn people ahead of time, right? Like, Hey, have a little bit of gum, but don't eat a pack or two a day. Well, this pack of gum had two carbs per, per piece and there was 20 pieces in there. So there's 40 carbs a pack and she was doing two packs. There's 80 carbs. And Most up. of it is sugar alcohol. So as you said, you're going to feel a little indigestion. You're going to feel stomach upset. It's not ideal, but those are 80 calories. You know, So if I had her dieting on say 120 carbs, she's really eating 200 carbs a day. And no wonder she was stalled, right? Um, then, then it makes you think, well, what other little things are also creeping in there that we just don't pay attention to. So decaf coffee, I'm a huge fan of coffee to me, blunts hunger better than any drink. I don't know about you. No, um, I agreed. agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, overall, um, I, uh, we can definitely say that just generally staying nice and hydrated is certainly super beneficial for hunger overall. So if, uh, people only drink, um, I don't know, 40 ounces or so of, of water or liquids yeah. per day, they're going to be hungry or, or confusing, I guess, thirst with hunger rather. So just overall staying hydrated definitely is a, is a good, um, other hunger hack, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess before we get into some of these other things it could be good for you to give us a bit of the background when it comes to the hunger hormones, leptin and ghrelin, why they even kick in or when. Yeah. So it's, it's real interesting and I don't want people's eyes to, to glaze over when they hear us start talking about leptin and ghrelin, but 
Lepton's the main one I'll talk about. And when people hear this, I've made posts about this on social and it's gotten a massive amount of shares because it helps people understand, okay, this is why I'm hungry. This is, this is what the body does. So when you eat any food, right? Say I just ate uh, whatever meal three for the day, right? You get this response in your, in your body. It comes from leptin. It's a hormone primarily made primarily in the fat cells, other places too, but it's made in the fat cells. And it tells, sends a signal to your brain that says, Hey, you're full, you're satiated, you're okay, you're not starving. And when you're off season like me and you're a normal body fat level, you can get that signal to your brain and you know it, you know you're fine. You you don't you're not starving. So your body says, "Hey, you're okay, you're satiated." Remember, it's made in the fat cells. So what happens whenever we diet down, our fat cells get smaller, we produce less leptin. So we get less of that signal to your brain that says, "Hey, you're full, you're satiated. So right there, automatically, when we said, hey, you're getting leaner, you're on the right track. When you get leaner and you have less fat on your body, you send less of a signal to your brain that tells you that you're full. So automatically, boom, there's hunger tip number one to understand, right? It's part of the process. Now it has a sister called ghrelin, and that's the one that tells you, hey, I'm hungry. So you have one that tells you that you're full and now you're getting less of it. When you're dieting, ghrelin, that tells you hungry, it goes up. So now you're getting more signals to your brain saying, I'm hungry. So you're getting less signals saying I'm full. You're getting more saying I'm hungry and boom, there you go. So it's a natural, your body doesn't care how lean you get. Your body's trying to survive. It's trying to say, Hey, let's, let's eat. Let's get stores back up. It's trying to survive. And the leaner you get, the more intense that will get. Like, it's just, your body is trying to fight you You hear people say hormones, hormonally, your body's trying to fight you. Your body is smarter than you are. You're trying to trick your body or push past these signals. And at some point, every one of us is like, most people are going to break. If you're a normal human, you're going to break, you're going to eat. Um, But body fat levels really dictate your hunger levels. And the interesting thing is, it's not just people dieting in a deficit. So after a diet's over, I have reverse dieted people and kept them extremely lean because they had another show in like six weeks. And I've taken like a female from 1200 calories to like 18, 1900, and she was just as lean. Her hunger did not improve because her body fat levels were still in the same place. She still was getting those two signals from leptin and ghrelin or lack thereof. So you've got to remember body fat levels dictate what your brain is going to receive on the information end. So I always tell people that it's, it's really interesting. Um, I think knowing that going in, like you said, knowing that going in is super interesting. And, um, the first thing when I first learned about it, that, uh, that I thought was, uh, how come we have obesity then? Because by that logic, obviously, you know, we'd think the more body fat someone has, the less or the more the signal of I'm full they have or the less the signal of I'm hungry they have but it only goes to a certain extent really um, and after that it's kind of overwritten right isn't it the 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 leptin satiation signal so to speak so which is a pity because otherwise we could just <laughs> we could just um we we wouldn't have the issues that we have these days um but you also mentioned that um we the the signals just take over and i think that becomes really clear in certain studies such as the minnesota starvation um, study or so we're we're essentially um for those not familiar with the study um they they basically took 
people instead of sending them to war. This was like in the 60s, I believe. Um, and they had them in a work camp or it wasn't really a work camp, but they just had them do daily activities and um, had them undergo for 26 weeks, I believe, a really long amount of time. Um, like a severe calorie restriction. This was just men, um, but they were down to like 1400 or 1200 calories or so. It was the, it was calculated per their um body weight as well. But anyway, um, these men kept food diaries and uh, recorded things and they just um noted really weird and interesting trends like um starting to cut down even like a pea into four pieces so that the meal would last longer or switching to teeny tiny cutlery so that the meal would last longer or mapping out these insane food dreams and 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 glorifying meals um even though they knew they couldn't have them and these quote unquote weird little trends we do see in normal people nowadays also yes, we do. So if I if I some of my clients also that have gotten really lean, they report the same thing, like switching to a tiny spoon so that the meal lasts longer or watering down their oats so that the meal lasts longer. Or um, again, like talking about uh, food porn or thinking about food, like uh, watching all these food documentaries, that is sometimes something that people pick up when they cannot have that kind of food. So it's, it's really interesting and kind of shocking at the same time, especially if, if people go through that for the first time themselves. I don't know if you've had any similar experiences or thoughts. Oh boy. Like this is, you're bringing back <laughs> memories now. So I remember I used to take whey protein, peanut butter, mix it in a bowl, like pudding. And I would use, my kid was little at the time. I would use a baby spoon to eat it only because I could, it was my last meal tonight. Mm -hmm. I could take my, I would never do that now. There's no way in hell. I still have that meal every night before bed. It's one of my favorites, right? I just eat a normal spoon. I eat it and enjoy it. And I just, I don't think about it, but I haven't been starving in a long time. So there are those little interesting things. Um, I've got a couple more to add once, once we're done talking about this, some other weird things that I've personally done. What about you? Have you ever experienced that? Um, yeah, certainly trying to make meals last longer and, and cutting things up teeny tiny or, or um, I guess in the study, they also just reported like weird habits such as not wanting to eat with other people and not wanting to be seen because you want to lick your plate. I have certainly licked my plate many a times. <laughs> if you haven't, if you haven't, you've never dieted hard enough. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. Like things like that for sure. Um, <laughs> but I guess to, to, to give people some more helpful uh, hacks rather than just obser observing things from and when it comes to hunger Um and this is like so basic that it almost seems silly, but I think it needs to be said. And that's just really mostly consuming whole foods. So because we talked about flexible dieting uh, earlier uh, indirectly by, by saying some people add too many sweeteners or add too many things. And I think oftentimes when we um yeah see these uh, weird meal, uh, I guess, prep meals or so, and people add tons of sugar-free syrup and sugar-free jello and sugar-free this and that. Um, it's all well and good every now and then, but still making sure that let's say 80-90% of what you're eating is actual whole foods is going to help a ton with your hunger because of the fiber because of you know usually food volume is higher and that that does matter to an extent as well um so i think that reminder 
still needs to be stated because um, we sometimes forget about it. And then if you're like, oh, how come I'm still hungry after this 300 calorie uh, meal? And you look at it and it's like a sandwich with not much in it or, or you know, and, and you could as well have some potatoes, which have a way, way, way higher satiety yeah. index than than bread and um, maybe simple swaps like that can often make a big big difference or like i, I mean i love protein powder um for sure and and it's certainly implemented in in any kind of cut but if you're consuming protein powder for like three times a day as a source of your protein and you're complaining of hunger um maybe let's switch switch some of that for chicken and another serving for something else you're going to be much more satiated because your gut also has more digesting to do yeah so agree a hundred percent um making sure that you have vegetables and i think i think this is maybe a good time to also talk about vegetables real quick when i first prep people i told them hey just just i don't care just eat vegetables it's not a big deal but i let people eat unlimited amounts which was never mm-hmm. a good idea Point, yeah. Not because I'm worried about them storing as fat or, or offsetting, but people have to remember if you take a serving of broccoli, for example, it's four car four total carbs, four or natural, two or natural sugars, two or fiber. So you're still getting two natural sugars out of that. So if you're eating unlimited amounts, you still have a couple carbs per serving that are still going to add up and count as energy. The fiber is not. But the thing is, the more fibrous stuff, you're also going to whole lot of water in your stomach, in your gut to break that down. You're going to see the scale going up and down. Some people get backed up from too much fiber. Um, Some people go a lot. It just depends. It's going to throw that off and you don't want those variables thrown off. So I tell people, you know, get a certain amount of fiber. Usually females average about, you know, during a prep, a diet, 20, 25 grams of fiber is, is, is about, seems about right for most guys, 30, 35, 40, whatever. It all depends on the calories you're taking in. But I always tell people, get your fiber, eat your vegetables and just try and hold that the same. Don't, don't eat a bunch of extra veggies or a bunch of less, because then you start getting into those habits that you talked about. The, the weird things where we go and we eat. So <laughs> I said, I was going to tell you about a couple of things that I did when I was dieting. Um, I would eat a whole head of cauliflower. I would take the whole thing and I would shave it off and make hash browns out of it. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, Hey, it's just a vegetable. It's fibrous. I'm not really too worried about it. I would eat that every day. Um, and I would put mustard and some low sugar ketchup on there. And that would keep me full which was not good because my digestion was so up and down from that. Right. I would also take um, Walden farm syrup and put it on everything. And as you just mentioned, like that's a gut bomb just waiting to happen. Now this is 2010. We didn't know, at least I didn't know as much about gut health back then. Most of the bodybuilding community didn't know what we know now. And I would do a lot of stuff like that. So uh, celery dipped into caramel Walden farms dip just all those things because celery, right? What's it going to do to offset fat loss? But it, it was actually throwing massive wrenches in in the engine, especially di- the digestion process. Yeah, it's funny how we can always take things to the extreme or not always, but how we, we tend to think take things to the extreme. So yes, absolutely get your fiber in. But um, again, like I've also had people that, that then have like huge only eat huge bowls of 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 uh, romaine lettuce and whatnot because it's you know high in, in volume um in for very little calories but certainly not in a good way for your gut so kind of keeping it in 
moderation and making sure you're still going regular. And um, uh, I guess the other thing that's often taken to the extreme also um, is protein. So, I mean, protein, firstly, let's, let's say huge um, positive point when it comes to satiation in terms of, of macro distribution. So totally um at least one gram per pound of, of body weight is absolutely especially in a dieting phase you know we i actually tend to push it up more than that i don't know what your practice is um but sometimes definitely going above that um nonetheless um for some reason i've also had clients that then they m- might have heard oh protein is never going to get stored as body fat or um you can't can never eat too much protein etc and so then they just add more protein to it um to to their prescribed macros and might just push it up to i don't know 2 pounds or even more per gram um per, per pound of body weight and um that's the other thing we we we, we don't necessarily want uh, of course I, I don't know your experience with that, but I'd still say, you know, capping it at um, 1.2 or 1.4 grams per pound of body weight is to, is plenty and you're going to feel super satiated with that or as satiated as you can, I guess, with that also. Protein is interesting. Um, and we should have Dr. Jose Antonio on sometime to to do a podcast about this, but he did a study where his folks, and remember, they were not bodybuilders, not trained, but they just ate high, high amounts of protein. I think females are eating like 300 grams, guys, 400 grams, and they got leaner and more muscular, right? But remember, they're also not trained athletes. So just training and like, I don't know exactly how accurate that is. However, I have with my clients tested this and in the off season, I don't worry too much about having a, a higher protein intake, but here's what I have seen. When you're in a deficit and your carbs are getting low and your fats are getting low, your two fuel sources are getting low. Back in the day, bros used to drop carbs and add protein to offset, right? And you would see these guys eating 350 grams of protein trying to diet. Well, the problem is that will convert over into carbs when you're in a deficit and you're low on your fuel sources. And that's something you don't hear anyone else talk about. We need to do a podcast on this. Think about it. If you're in a fat loss state, you're in a deficit, your carbs are low, your fats are low or as low as they're going to get. If you increase your protein and your body's looking for more fuel, it's going to take that excess protein that you're now putting, it's going, it's gluconeogenesis. It's going to convert it into carbohydrates. It's not an efficient way to do it, but your body will do it because it's very smart. So with that being said, I've had prep clients. Um, I had a guy that won his pro card in 2018. April, 2018, I remember he was eating 300 carbs in the off season and he was making great gains. Um, he's a hard gainer. I had to get him up there when I was dieting him, he started stalling out. And then when I dropped his protein down to like 240, that's the only change we made. And it's not because we created more of a deficit. It's because he had less of that turnover happening. Mm-hmm. So I have seen high protein deep into a diet offset everything and stall people out because they're converting it into carbs. Um, so that's an interesting thing. I doubt we'll ever get research on that because you have to really take someone in deficits. I would want to see trained individuals, but it's an interesting topic. Maybe something I could talk to Dr. Bill Campbell or Brad Schoenfeld about. I just don't think we'll ever see research on it, but you're right. Protein that high is never a good idea. It is just not. I, I, yeah, absolutely agree with that. And that whole, it's never going to get stored as, as body fat or so. Um, I 
would highly uh, advise just keeping it in a, in a more moderate range, like with everything, I guess. Um, the other thing that came to mind as well when thinking about uh, hunger is, and this is going to be incredibly um, individual, but it's just meal timing and frequency because that is actually something you can tweak so that you personally don't feel quite as hungry. I have had so many people um, just optimize that in a little way and it helped them massively. So whether that be starting to intermittent fast, for instance, some people, they might have a meal in the morning and, and uh, like three or four meals over the course of the day, whatever, um, and saying, oh, after each one of my meals, I'm starting to feel, uh, I'm, I'm never somewhat satiated even like I'm always always hungry even right after my meals um but they have a really busy morning they work out in the afternoon anyway so why not try to quote-unquote skip that first meal and distribute those calories to the other meals and making them a little bit larger to perhaps feel more satiated someone might be on the opposite end of the spectrum and saying oh, I'm only eating three meals per day and those stretches in between they feel so long like I just can't bear it and I'm heading into my workouts uh, totally drained blah 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 and then maybe having something before the workout pulling from some of the other meals of the day can also make all the difference so I think that's often a point that's overlooked just because you're in a certain rut and a routine with something or maybe your coach told you initially hey here's an example follow you know you can feel free to follow this plan or whatever um it doesn't mean you need to stick with this and we can't play around with something like that um yeah I, th I think that's that's something worth exploring or asking yourself as well like when you're in that hungry stage when am I hungriest when do I actually want most of my food I would say the majority of people probably feel like relaxing and chilling out most in the evening so I've found with the majority of my clients to kind of like back load your day usually works best but again totally individual i don't know if you've made similar experiences i have so i i experiment a lot if if i haven't made that point clear with my clients and myself so in 2013 i took about i'm sure i remember it's 15 15 to 20 clients new clients and i did i ran kind of an experiment because i like to kind of like the rapid fat loss thing that that i've talked about here recently like it, that fits into this conversation, by the way. Don't let me forget to talk about that. So <laughs> I took 15 to 20 clients and I had them eat either six meals per day or I had them eat three meals per day. The calories for them would have been the same per person, right? I set them up each on their own individual macros, protein, carbs, and fats and calories. But some people, I just combined six meals into three. Same calories, you know, maybe a female's eating 1500. She's going to get those in three meals or she's going to get them in six. And I saw zero difference in fat loss. Actually, I had the people that ate, they ate three meals on average dropped more weight, but that doesn't have anything to do with three meals versus six. It just had to do with who was actually doing it. But they all they all lost fat the same. And I, re, I had people report less hunger eating three meals per day versus six. And I always wondered, and now that I'm a little older and I can look back, and now I think I understand maybe why some saw that. They had bigger meals and they knew they had a bigger meal to focus on, even though they were eating, at, eating less often. And I think sometimes with those of us that eat five, six times a day, we've got smaller meals and we're always thinking about, okay, when's that next meal going to be? Or, you know, you're so trained to eat every two, three hours 
that when you're eating three meals a day, you're not so focused on that because you eat a pretty big meal and you're going to feel pretty full for a while. Sure. I'm, I'm sure they knew they were hungry an hour before they were going to eat, you know, meal two out of three, but they enjoyed it quite a bit. And the only reason I personally don't subscribe to that is I think someone needs at least four to five servings of protein a day spread out because the research has shown that multiple protein feedings is superior to smaller protein feedings um, for muscle gain. And we're all, we're all in the gym working out. So the only reason I don't do three, but I think four or five is actually probably the best. If I had to pick, I think four or five is probably ideal. More food at once, you get enough spikes, more spikes isn't better in protein synthesis and eating protein. So I think four to five would be about ideal. So yeah, that that's my experience. Yeah, absolutely. And and you brought up a good um, point with regards to, to protein as well. I think that's probably one of the biggest um, um, culprits that a lot of people run into when they do intermittent fast, because I mean, I'm neither a proponent, proponent nor uh, an opposer of intermittent fasting. If if you are able to hit your macros with it, that's, that's fine. But I think a lot of people, they just skip that first meal and then they have such a hard time getting to their protein goal if they only have like if they only have two meals let's just say they just have lunch yeah. and dinner um for a, a a regular size um meal that's gonna be you know 100 grams of protein in each one of those sittings um who honestly says that they do that and can do that like on a consistent basis without really paying attention to that so that's where those extra meals maybe one in between and then uh, like a pre-bed snack or whatever um come in really handy so that's always my only pushback when people are like oh what do you think of intermittent fasting I'm like well as long as you're training in a fed state and as long as you're getting in your protein you know that's that's cool but be cautious with that so i would agree that for most people in terms of practicality um, like four or five meals is, is probably ideal. But yeah, I guess that would have just been the encouragement here to to overthink your meal frequency if hunger is something you're struggling with. And just because you've always done um something a certain way doesn't need to mean that you just need to keep keep doing it that exact way. Yeah. Um, with with yeah, intermittent you- fasting, I, I'm not one that likes the long extended periods, but I am someone that and I've done this quite a bit before. Personally, it's just personal preference. I'm never super hungry when I wake up. Like I just never am. So I'll get up. I'll make, I'm, I drink the same thing every morning um, to keep blood pressure down and stuff like that. It's a pretty healthy drink. Um, I drink that. I start working and I'll let an hour or two go by. And then I'll start my day off with a shake because I immediately want to spike growth and protein synthesis. So if you eat eggs and stuff like that's going to take a little longer and that's fine. But I like to like start it right away because I've already delayed the morning. So ideally, you know, in physique enhancement, someone would want to wake up and have some food right away, some kind of protein right away, but it's okay if you want to wait a little while, if you're not hungry and it lets you space those other meals a little bit closer together by waiting a couple, two, three hours. That's okay. There's, there's ways we can all do this. The main thing is what's the best for your goal but what do you enjoy? So like you, you have to find that middle ground all the way there. And that's why, you know, being a coach, it's, it's an art form, what you and I do helping people find that best method. It's it, to me, it's part of what I enjoy because I have people doing all kinds of different shit. Like it just depends on their goal. 
absolutely yeah couldn't couldn't agree more with that and i'm interested because you said um you wanted to chip in with part of uh, the rapid fat loss ah uh, yes 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 so the, the, as you can tell i've had a really fun time with this since december doing it myself january all my initial run clients are through i've now had over 20 people do this Rapid fat loss is, remember when you were talking about um, being low calorie earlier in the podcast and very lean, That that's where people run into the really hard hunger signals. Your body's like, I am starving, feed me. With rapid fat loss, remember, this is meant for people that have a decent amount of body fat on them. Not, not super fat and obese, but these people can do it too. But people like me, like I'm probably like 16% body fat, right? I don't have abs or anything, but I'm not, I'm not real fat either. For someone like me, I've got enough fat on my body. I can drop my calories very low, very fast for a short amount of time, and I can lose a lot of fat. Well, guess what I don't experience? I don't experience a lot of hunger signals because I've got enough fat on me. I'm not getting that decreased leptin signal that we talked about earlier that says you're starving. So that's a bonus. It's another reason why I like rapid fat loss plans that I do now for people in my situation. Now, you've been eating, you were up to like 2,800 calories last time we talked. You still have a very lean, amazing physique. I would think with someone like you, rapid fat loss would not be ideal because you're pretty lean anyway. So if we dropped your calories and just bottomed them out, about a week later, you're going to be like, hey, I don't know if I can do this shit because you're already very, very lean. So it should be a benefit to this, this, this plan that I have with rapid fat loss with people that have body fat on them. You're not going to get real hungry. Like you're just not. Um, and that's that's a nice thing. That's a that's a really good point in terms of um yeah just adjusting your approach depending on your current body fat levels actually, um the the other thing that came to mind because you mentioned uh, your drink in the morning and I assume it has glutamine in it potentially yep. I don't know <laughs> it does um, but that's something and I I will admit I don't know um enough about the science behind it but I remember vaguely reading about um. Basically, the the gut or your your stomach also having um, certain nerve innervations that um, send signal to your brain um, in them that where when you're eating something or when you're consuming something, it needs to contain a certain amount of amino acids or glutamine particularly um, before it registers somewhat satiation or fullness um i don't know if if, if i'm expressing that correctly um mm -hmm. but i mean that would explain why protein is so satiating generally speaking because it just um like your stomach notices okay there's all this amino acid pool in my stomach i'm i can now be satiated or i can now register as full but i would um I guess just from 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 having read that or hearing that i would probably assume that glutamine somewhat helps with um, satiation then perhaps also is there is there any truth to this or is there i don't know i i can only say anecdotally i don't know about the science behind it i take it for gut health um as far as hunger related i don't know but i can report that i put two scoops so about 10 grams and i do that twice a day this drink it doesn't it's got a little bit of calories from beet uh, powder. So it's got like three carbs per scoop. So it's not, I'm not like ingesting stuff that's going to make me full outside of fluids. Mm -hmm. um, 
So yeah, I do feel fuller when I drink that versus if I just put like a, like a, a sugar-free drink packet in there to flavor mm-hmm. my water. I drink that and it doesn't do anything to make me feel full. I just keep drinking it. So I have anecdotally seen glutamine help keep you full. I never even thought about that till you just brought it up. So there may, there may be something there. I'll, I'll have to look up where I believed I ha- had read that or heard that. Um, but yeah, it seemed very logical to me and it, it, it did, um, kind of related back to like, a um, gut innervation in terms of sending signals to, to the brain and being able to be traced back to, I think it was glutamine, but also tyrosine, if I remember correctly. But anyway, it was um, certain certain amino acids. So it it just makes sense to consume a good amount of protein and a complete amino acid profile overall, (laughs) I would say. I I agree. And, you know, before we get off here, a couple more things that speaking of amino acids, a couple more things that I, I like to tell people is okay, even though it leans a little more towards that obsessive side that we talked about earlier. Um, if I've got clients that are, they have to get on stage and they're really just struggling with hunger, I will tell them, Hey, go ahead and have some, go get a box of sugar-free jello. It's got four protein in it. It's gelatin mix that up. It's going to be pretty voluminous and you can have that once a day. Cause I'm not worried about four protein offsetting anything. Right. So that seems to help. It gives them something to feel a little fuller. But the other thing too is people can take and you know EAAs. We have an EAA product called EAAs Plus. Sometimes if someone's just really hungry, a friend of mine, Jason Wells, he used to, and I've done this as well, put ice in a blender and throw a scoop of EAAs in. Oh, wow. Like we've got like unicorn candy <laughs> and make like a big bowl of ice. It's kind of like shaved ice that's that's flavored. Um, do that once a day. That that's not really going to offset offset anything it's already in the amino acid form so there's a couple of those in there i think glycine will convert its gluconeogenesis but i mean we're talking about splitting hairs having one scoop of eaas a day it's not like you're taking scoops of protein powder or anything um so that's something little that will help if you're really struggling and if it means the difference between you going and cheating on the diet or you able to do these little things i think that Lisa is those, those middle grounds that we talk about where you start to become obsessive dieting causes eating disorders. Like we've all, every time I diet hard, I, I have a small issue with food, you know, nothing major like dieting for a show, but you know, sometimes these things help you. And it, these are not things you're going to stick with after your diet's over. Like there's just, you're not going to go eat shaved ice with EAAs or, <laughs> you know, you're not going to go eat sugar-free jello. Um, but during dieting, I think, you know, a couple things like that are okay. Absolutely. Yeah. The EAAs. I mean, I have never tried the shaped eyes that actually sounds delicious, but um, uh, I, I will, I mean, usually in a maintenance phase or a surplus, I don't bother with EAAs, but um, I think in a dieting phase, if it, 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 again, if it comes to the combination of maybe like one or two diet sodas and then one or two decaf coffees and like one EAA drink or whatever, and a couple of gums, that's fine. As long as we don't take any of them or all of them to the extreme. <laughs> yeah. It's just getting on stage is so brutal to get to true winning condition. So those are people listening. They, they understand, they know what that feels like for the rest of us that just diet. Uh, maybe we've got a trip coming up. I've got a huge speaking event at a business conference in 12 weeks. I'm, I'm slowly dieting for that because I'm going to be in front of a massive amount of people 
in a different industry, not the bodybuilding industry, not it's going to be in the business sector. So, you know, I, we all feel confident. We look a little bit better. So, you know, it's one of those things to where I'm not going to experience the kind of hunger that I would during prep. So I'm not too worried about it. I'm probably not going to do any, any of these things, but if you have to do them, it's uh, it's okay. So th- this has been a fun episode. I think we covered everything in detail. Did you, did you think of anything we left out? No, I think that was pretty much all that I had in mind also. Yeah. Good stuff. So what do you have coming up next? Um, yeah, aside from my my few travels here within Canada and then heading over to Europe, I'm still or at the moment just maintaining my weight more or less, and I haven't really formulated a plan um, for afterwards. So, so we'll see how long I'll stay just at maintenance. Okay, well, anytime you have a laptop, you're more than welcome to come back and help run this show. So I'm probably going to talk you into coming back on. So we've really appreciated it. We're going to go ahead and get off here for myself and Lisa. We're out of here. See you guys.